Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Mate How Good Was podcast with me, Josh. And me, Dono. Dono. I'm back, bitch. Let's go. How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm pretty good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. That was a fucking massive dip in emotions. But yes! <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah really good, thanks, actually. I'm I'm a roller coaster, mate. I'm, I'm like this sometimes. You are... Wow, you're like the Nemesis Inferno of this podcast. Crazy. Pretty good roller coaster. Mate, how good was the Nemesis Inferno? Unreal. Unreal roller coaster. Did, were you there when we... When we... um at sixth form when we left when we finished sixth form when we got to go to Thought Park for a day. Yeah, do you not remember at the end of it I got my face painted as the Joker yes. for the journey home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Absolutely um, soaking we... wet, sat in my pants on the back of the bus <laughs> with my face painted as the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going down like the massive water ride where you could put like 16 people at a time and we were doing the dart song. We were like, dur, yeah. dur, 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 dur. <laughs> like 16 of us on there. Oh, quality. Um, right, first <laughs> bit of big news. First bit of big news, massive news. And I actually didn't say this before. I haven't said this to you previously. Lewis has finished his marathon. So shout out, Lewis. Well done. Well done, well done to him. Unreal stuff. 4.19, I think. But because this is go because this is going out to the public, he did it in three hours and twenty three minutes. He absolutely well, burned it round. Yeah, he burned it round. So I first marathon. That's rapid, mate. And Charles, what it does mean is he could he could be like Jesus arising from the crypt and be back He's soon more on Easter Sunday. Oh, don't try and call him out, mate. We're all on the same team. I'm not calling here. them out. I'm just I'm just saying. That was his excuse. Yeah, no longer has an excuse. Therefore, he should be on the pod every single week. If he doesn't move him forward, maybe he's intimidated. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, intimidated by intimidated by you, is it? Intimidated <laughs> by you, you scrawny loser. <laughs> nah, fair enough. He could be intimidated. You are quite hard. Um, right. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about a footballer and we're going to, like we did last week, divide the podcast in two. So one is going to be about a footballer. One is going to be about the week in football. For some, this is, I'm blaming the Premier League. I think the big corporations are trying to get little massive, well, actually not little corporations, up and coming corporations like us in the spot of us. Yeah, corporations, <laughs> right? <laughs> because, because we wanted to release a week in football on a Thursday and then a player on a Friday. Premier League then go and put games on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. I mean, what is we're going to, what is it? We can't we can't edit stuff quickly enough. So we're gonna release this. So you should be listening to this on Thursday. Still excited about having another great podcast to listen to on Friday. We're gonna record straight after United one, Chelsea four on Wednesday. And if that's actually the score, I have recorded this at ten past six on Tuesday, the fifth of December. Um but that's we're gonna record that afterwards. So we're gonna talk about a footballer today. Before we do that, Jude Bellingham. Just because we got we, <laughs> just just our every our, before we start, let's before, go through the Jude Pellingham po- yeah. the Jude Pellingham podcast before we go through this player. Go on, you tell me what you think. What you what what are we thinking? I know there's one thing we both want to talk about. What is it? Those boots. Wow, boot with, unbelievable boot, isn't they? They are genuinely the decade. Movie. Yeah, boot of the maybe, decade. Maybe the best boot since the turn of the century. I'm gonna say it. But. Hmm. Well, the pred, the original preds, you know, the the unreal ones, like the ones, the black, silver, red, white, the manias, they mm-hmm. were 2002. Were they? Yeah. Okay, all right, take it back then. No, all right, boot of the last 20 years, then, because 2023 would take us to 2003. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're the best boots since then, in yeah. my opinion. And what comes second? And you can't say Predator Mania now because that's not in the last 20 years. That's not in the last 20 um, years, you can't say that. <laughs> I think the best boots of all time are the Predators and yeah. the Vapors. Yeah, agreed. I don't think... I think maybe the Total 90s come in third. I, I think I think there's Predators and Vapors and then just like a... a I'm going to say a smidgen below is Total 90s and F50s. Oh, F50s. Oh, mate, F50s, not the F30s. Because tell my mum to clean them just because they're always dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're 50s, the original ones, like the yeah. first ever pair of F50s, the uh, spiderweb ones, they were fucking yeah. banging, man. Do you, remember, would you remember what, when you play football and you look over and a lad, had a, we were talking about it last week about when someone had shit boots on. If you saw a lad in a pair of F10s, you thought he's crap. You were, if, if, they, if they weren't Velcro down or if they weren't just, the tongues weren't just down, you were like, they're shit. They're, yeah, they were F10s. Are so not invested bad. in their career, is he? Nah, he's not. You, you don't want he's your kid like, to be a pro no, footballer in F10s, do you? Nah, 30 quid, that'll do you, son. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. Look, times are tough for everyone, but if your son's going to, if you, if Project Mbappe's real, then you've got to be getting like the, the super flights, like the 260s. You know what I mean? You've got to be chucking at it. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon those in the, um, the, the, the boots you mentioned, the CTR 360, the black and red, Cess Fabregas ones. They were unreal, man. Unreal. Yeah, unreal. they were wow nice. We're actually going to talk about someone who, at points in his career, wore lovely boots, but points in his career wore fucking, wore fucking pony boots. They were horrible. There's a pair of boots I want to talk about that he wears that I don't know whether or not you're going to agree with me on it. We might have to get into a bit of a heated debate about this. But I can't wait, I can't wait let's to get go. heated about it. Right, let's talk about it. So today we're going to be talking about, mate, how good was Nicholas Anelka? Is it Nicholas or is it Nicola? Oh, sorry. Or is it just pronounced Nicola? Uh, Ami, how good was Nicolas Anelka? Yeah, in French, you don't pronounce that. In French, you don't pronounce the last letters. Here's a little bit of French knowledge for you, Dono. When pe- the word for cat in French is chat, but it's spelled C-H-A-T. So people say chat, and chat in French actually means pussy. There is a, <laughs> yeah, so when people are like, uh, j'adore mon chat, I love my pussy. <laughs> I like it. Not incorrect. Mm. Oh my god! Did you just go? Oh, not! Or did you just go? Not incorrect. <laughs> oh, shut up. As in, like a pussy cat? No. Oh no! Is it a pussy? Is it a pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, you have. Yeah, my mum listens to this podcast. <laughs> well, Dano loves pussy, <laughs> Mrs. Dano. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, how good was Nicola? Let's. I'm um, Nicholas. Nicholas and Elka. Let's. Okay, like, let's not talk about Nicholas and Elka. Feels like a. The king of the Avios points. The king of the Avios points. The person who gets the most free flights from British Airways. He has been fucking everywhere, hasn't he? He must have been on an advert for some for for some sort of I reckon like Turkish Airlines or something like that. <laughs> Do you remember the Michael Owen one? Are you ready to fly with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael, we're not. No. <laughs> right, Nicholas, Nicholas and Alka. So we're we're. We're relatively similar on opinions, but we don't want to give away our opinion too quickly. But why don't we start, Donna? Why don't you give us his, his tail of the tape? So, Nicholas Anelka or Nicola Anelka. You're going to wait. Sorry, before you do this, you're going to need to take in one massive breath because you've got a lot of words to say and not a lot of time to say it because there's a lot of I'm not going to go through. I'm not going to go through this in depth because we're going to be here all night. So, yeah, let's just go through clubs. Let's not go through years, starts, clubs. Where he finishes, where he goes in between. Yeah. Okay, start your watches. 
Yeah. So Nikola Anelka starts his career at the Minos of France, Paris Saint-Germain. Ooh, arguably the biggest club in France. There's no argument. Um, they're not. Moves to one of the biggest clubs in London, Arsenal. One of? Yeah, oh, up for debate on that one. But we'll speak about that maybe later. Um, goes to arguably the biggest club in Spain after this, Real Madrid. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Then, little U-turn, turns the plane around, back to Paris Saint-Germain where he starts his career. Before his one of two low moves in his career to Liverpool. I'm glad you're not going to say it because I'm not saying it either. <laughs> <laughs> then he joins the plastic champions, Manchester City. Um, before going to another holiday destination, Fenerbahce. Arguably the biggest club in Turkey. Hey, we don't want any trouble. Um, if you don't support Fenerbahce, <laughs> it's fine. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, we I'm just like every club to debate like- on that one. Yeah, we like every club in Turkey. <laughs> I mean, Trabzonspor, Istanbul, Başakşehir, whatever they're called, just anyone. Yeah, we like you. Goes from Fenerbahce, makes an absolutely massive career move to the biggest club in the northwest, <laughs> Bolton Wanderers. Um, very strange move. Before yeah. moving to one of the respectable teams in London, Chelsea, um, where you'd argue he probably has his best spell. Yeah, but we'll talk about that one. Um, and then makes the unselfish move for no reasons other than for football reasons to Shanghai Shenhua. Arguably the biggest club in China. <laughs> you, you'll have to I tell mean, me. Haven't they liquidated? Sorry, haven't they liquidated? Just on that, haven't Shanghai? Uh, I only know Shanghai Shenhua for Nicholas and Elka. Yeah. I couldn't tell you another player that plays for them. No, they're not. Or has played for them. Liquidate. There was, a, oh, I think one of the, what I, I can't, yeah, anyway, carry on, carry on. Um, obviously, doesn't get enough game time at Shanghai Shenhua, so they obviously have to load him out <laughs> to one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in Italy, Juventus. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, again, he's, he's, he's too good, so he has to get another move to one of the smallest clubs in England, uh, West Bromwich Albion, um, (laughs) where he said he's going to retire. Obviously, massive club to to, to retire at. Um, Decides, no, I've got one more left in me. Mumbai City. Arguably the biggest club in India. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where he leaves it. That's where he hangs up his massive boots. I think we usually do these in like 45 seconds. That took three minutes. (laughs) I was running out of jokes. Yeah, that was yeah. I said was... the same joke twelve times. It doesn't get funnier after the last time. <laughs> no, no. Trust me, it does. It's still it's still pretty fresh. <laughs> right. Um, here's let's go through his honors. Prem, he wins at Arsenal Premier League in the FA Cup. He wins the Champions League at Real Madrid. He wins the UEFA Intertoto Cup at arguably the smallest club in France. He wins at the Turkish League in Fenerbahce. Comes back to Chelsea wins the FA Cup twice. Uh, Premier League, and he's actually down here is winning the UEFA Champions League runner-up because he caused it. Ha ha ha! Uh, he won Serie A with Juventus, but got two appearances, so I don't think would have got a medal. He won the Europe. He won the Euros with France in 2000, and then he won a couple of. He got in PFA Team of the Year. He got in PFA Team of the Year in 98 to 99 and 2008 to 2009. So 10 years difference. Lovely stuff. Right. 
Oh, are you not going to mention his four times English Super Cup winnings? No, I'm not mentioning those. He also uh, won Premier League Golden Boot as well once. Um, right. Let's let's talk about before we go on and give our opinion on him. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna just read a couple of people's opinions on him. One of them is really short. Two of his teammates, Henri. Henri said he is one of the greatest strikers in history. <laughs> no joke. He said he's one of the greatest strikers in history. Sam Allardyce. That. Sam Allardyce, the king of gravy on everything. Do you reckon what <laughs> dinner do you reckon he wouldn't have gravy on? Um, I I reckon he'd do gravy on spaghetti. Right. No, no, it's still sauce, isn't it? No, but he's got two two different sauces mixing. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Dono, nice curry, nice gravy, put them together, double nice. Very true. Fish and chips. Oh no, chips and gravy. I reckon. I don't reckon there's a dinner he wants fish. Yeah, I don't reckon there's a dinner he won't have gravy on. Anyway, pizza. He's <laughs> burger. Yeah, burger. burger. No. no gravy burgers. Great. Do you remember flipping dip? Oh, anyway, yeah, right. Anyway. Thing, Right, this isn't the mate how gravy was. It's a Sam Allardyce podcast. <laughs> um, so when we said he's one of the greatest strikers in history, Sam Allardyce said if he had consistency, he could be in the top five to top ten Premier League strikers of all time. Right. So let's. So in in line with sort of Shearer, Henri, Rooney, Aguero, Ollie Watkins. Uh, he Hoyland. had consistency. He but, just had a serious attitude problem. Well, that was what. It all was. right, Jesus Christ! I haven't finished yet. It's like, oh yeah, if my fuck, if my aunt had a cock, she'd be my uncle. But <laughs> it is, I oh, consistency. Um, that's such a. You have plenty of chances. Go and on. The the last one is Robert Pires talks to him and just goes, he's like a uh, Nico. Oof, uh, fuck, just as in like because of how good he is, <laughs> he's like just couldn't couldn't believe how good he is. He actually says uh, Nico uh, putain, which is French for fuck. Um, so there's another little bit of French knowledge for you, don't I? Um, so. Nicholas and Elka, let's talk about him. He starts his career at PSG. Before he goes to PSG, he is a he's a, a he's a graduate or a student of Claire Fontaine or Claire Fontaine. I'm just going to put English pronunciations on everything. It's easier. Do you know what Claire Fontaine is? Um, fairy fountain. Close. Do you remember Brazilian? Do you remember Brazilian soccer skills that used to come into your primary school? Yeah, unreal. Yeah, absolutely nothing like that. It's basically okay. the um, it's basically like St George's Park for France. It used to be like the St George's Park for upcoming French, um, for like upcoming French prospects and players they thought would play like professionally and for the na- but of a high level for the national team. So they basically had a school where there would be like 22, 30, 20 to thirty people in a year group that would mm-hmm. all be soon to be professional footballers. So. He was a student of Clairefontaine, so we moved there from. He lived in a in like a suburb, um, and he moved to Clairefontaine to like um, board there. Two other two other players were there at the same time as him: Thierry Henry and David Trezeguet. That is that is some. <laughs> Thierry Henry was a year above. I Trezeguet might have been in his year, or he was a year or two above him. But that must be like that is some trio, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Uh, imagine. You you got off looking at each other. You'd be like, they're, they're all three of them probably thinking he's he's good. I've got to be better than him. They're all thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, but also very all very similar similar kind of players. Yeah, other than one, so, other than Omri is better than both of them. I 
<laughs> Omri's better than both. Well, I, in fact, I'll hold my question for that to the end, but I think Omri's better yeah. than both of them. Um, but you can, I can imagine that having to grow up in like an environment like that where you've got such a small amount of people all aiming for the same goal, it must be like horrifically difficult. But he did say, but, he said, um, he said it is it, when he talks about his mentality, he did say he never thought that anyone was better than him. He said, and even if someone was better than him, he'd say, I wouldn't think it, it's impossible for me to think like that. That's a weak mentality. That's the French Michael Owen. <laughs> I think we've dubbed him. I think that's the podcast done. French Michael Owen. Right. Thanks, everyone. That was the mate. How I reckon good that was... should be the title. Yeah. Mate, how good was the French Michael Owen, Le Sulk, Nicola Nelka? Yeah, the incredible Sulk. <laughs> <laughs> um,. <laughs> So he so from Clairefontaine, that's when he gets picked up by PSG at 16. Comes in at PSG, rattles the arse off it? No. With one goal. Yeah, exactly. Not quite an arse rattler. He sort of like tickles the arse off it. Because he is 16. Yeah, he's young. He's coming he, yeah. He he is he does enough, doesn't he? He yeah. does enough to impress. Yeah. Um I, sorry. Whenever we do these podcasts, I always go back to the stats. I don't want to be a stat podcast because it's not. Yeah. A player like this, when you look at the stats, they don't look great. Yeah. But from watching him and memory, like what growing up watching him in the Premier League, he was a really good player. Yeah. And I think don't think his stats really reflect how good of a player he was. I I agree. I agree with that. Um but I also think you can't you can't negate stats when looking at productivity of a footballer when you're looking at strikers agreed there's I think other areas of the pitch obviously you can and I think there are certain types of strikers that you accept that what they offer to a team is a lot like like recent memory like you look at Firmino and Firmino's numbers aren't great or you'd even you look at Bergkamp's numbers Bergkamp's numbers aren't great but you mm-hmm. you you can understand right they are what they offer is something a little bit different I don't think Anelka comes into that bracket I don't think he's that type of footballer personally but um, but I think when he came through at PSG, so PSG at the time, oh, Canal Plus, which is basically like uh, like the BBC. So the people who are yeah. owned by PSG owned them. And I think the hype that he got when he was coming through as a 16-year-old was massive. And I think there was a lot of pressure put on him. He was like the poster boy of, he was like the poster boy of PSG, going to be the new face of Liga and going to be the new youngster in the French team that's going to take everything forward, blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, great to have a sort of local French lad doing really well in the French league until 10 games after playing for PSG, he fucks him off and goes to Arsenal. <laughs> and the thing is, and the thing is, it was a massive scandal as well because he tried to go on a Bosman. He tried to force yeah. through, he tried to force through a deal on a Bosman, but because, because of his age, because there's some laws in France about he, how we can't, and can't Arsenal ended up having to pay half a million for him, but you would be, you men, wouldn't you? Yeah. Especially PSG at the time, they're not like what they are now. Mm. They were like kind of like a mid table, mid mid to like around the European places team at the time, weren't they? Yeah. Um you, you finally they're finally like trying to, to, to go somewhere to bring through like the next well, at the time probably like it probably like bringing through Mbappe, right? They'd be like, ah, oh, here he comes. We're ready to challenge the top, challenge the big the big boys. Yeah. See you later. I'm off. Yeah, it's for half a million for your for your troubles. <laughs> as soon Good as you said, me. as soon as you said Mbappe, I thought that was the exact vibe I got from the early part of his career. Is like an Mbappe-esque vibe. 
I'd, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about it a bit more later, but I think that that's the sort of vibe I got. But yeah, putting all that into it and going, right, this is the guy. This is the guy that's going get to us, get us out. And then he half a million pound goes to Arsenal. It's mental, isn't it? Um, he, it, was, it was basically... Um, he he burnt his bridges with PSG. It did. It wasn't. It wasn't particularly 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 amicable. They tried to run a lot of stories about like his brothers being like part of a gang or a clan. They used to call them the people that were like force like forcing him to make decisions for money and stuff like that. But when you actually take it out, yes, you might be a French lad playing for PSG, but also PSG, like I said, a mid table, pretty average, and the French league at that point is even more dross than it is now. And then you look at Arsenal. And Arsenal are pretty decent. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like he's it's not like he's going yeah. to like I don't know Birmingham City or someone like that. Do you know what I mean? Then you wouldn't get it. But so he signs for Arsenal, signs for Arsenal, and he is uh, he, basically he's a like his climatization and and getting accustomed to the English life. Do, it doesn't go particularly well straight away. Could you imagine being a seventeen year old French lad? And like being like, okay, uh, bonjour everyone, hello, my name is Nicolas. And you got fucking Tony Adams and fucking <laughs> Steve Bold and Martin Keown and Ray Parler. Ray Parler going, all right there, all right, Nico, Nico, do you know what Cobra Bombs are? Do you want to come down to our Waterman's Club on a Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Could you, like, could you imagine that much, what a culture shock it would have been to have been like a young French person who's like basically grown up like whole life in Paris or like the majority of your life in Paris in and around. Yeah. To then go to fuck with the Romford Pele to a workman's club on a Tuesday. Yeah, down down the coral after after <laughs> training. <laughs> Fucking mental, isn't it? He's like, yeah, mental. Him. Oh yeah, Paul Merson as well. Paul Merson's part of it this time. And this is obviously when Paul Merson's drinking, gambling, and all of that as well. So like he must have been like, what the fuck is going on here? Um Yeah, but he also had his French dad to look after him. Arsenal Wenger. Oh, oh yeah. Oh bonjour daddy. <laughs> Also, a lot of lot of French players coming through at the time, so I don't want to cut him too much slack on this. So, well, well what, but I think he comes sort of just prior to that time of like the proper French, like Petit's there. Who else is there? Because Vieira, Vieira's there. Vieira just comes. Vieira isn't there in his first season, I don't think. Omri's not there. Pires isn't there. No, I don't think so. Grimaldi, do you remember him? Is he even French? Do you remember Grimaldi? And Morris no. Voltz. <laughs> oh yeah, I they remember were, Morris Voltz. Um, just like NPC Arsenal players. Um, so anyway, he, when, when he joins, he within he, one of his first days, one of his first games, they're playing um, Derby away. Staying over at the hotel in Derby and he, um, he doesn't turn up for the team bus. So Hengar's like, what the fuck's going on? He's not turned up for his team bus. So he went to the hotel, um, found him, and he was in there packing his bags and he wanted to move back to France. He just had enough. He was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I've had enough. And obviously, like the perception of Nicolas and Alka is just like super miserable. And I think that, that that was sort of the point where it was like, oh, he's actually living up to what people think thought he was. But basically, convent, uh, Daddy Wenger convinced him to to sort of come and join the team, and which I think is admirable admirable to not just like just bin him off like that gets him to come and join the team uh, and he sit, he sits on the bench Paul Merson goes off injured 10 minutes in and Elka comes on gets two assists and gets man of the match so unreal man apparently he was like at that point he was like yeah no I like here now that was literally it like, that was all it took and he's like I'm done just needed a bit of man management yeah mm. 
uh, is that like a, a an underhanded sly direct indirect message to certain managers of certain clubs that one of us might support? Yeah, massively. Okay. Yeah, Ten Hag's an idiot, mate. Um, <laughs> not gonna not gonna beat around the bush there, but we'll that's, talk about that later on this week. Yeah, that's really upset me, but also fair enough. <laughs> um, so he when he comes in, so basically at this point as well, I've listened to Ian Wright say this on other podcasts. Ian Wright just goes, "Oh fuck!" Like, how can I compete with this? Because yeah. he is, because this he is he's raw, but he is quick as fuck, skillful yeah. as fuck, unreal touch, brilliant finish, and he's quite tall as well. So he's 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 got pretty much everything going for him. You'd be intimidated. He's like, he's like Henri before Henri arrives. Yeah, he? like. It, it, it could have easily have gone that way. Um, yeah, he's got. Yeah, he has it all. He can. He's quick. He's strong. He's big. Yeah, I find it. Re- I do you know. What I find when I was when I was watching this and when I was watching videos of his goals and stuff, I still find it really weird that he played for Arsenal. Same. I find it, really, I find it weird he plays for Liverpool. Yeah, I kind of remember Liverpool because I feel like that was the period I was sort of just getting into football a little bit. Um, yeah. That kit was disgusting. I just remember that disgusting kit. Um, but Arsenal obviously was. I was Arsenal, Arsenal. I was two. I wasn't there going, "Oh my god, mate, how good was he at two years old?" He's there at two years old. I did think he did. He did. He did look quite good when he came off the bench in that game. Get those two assists. I thought this guy's going to go places. Yeah, what I thought two years old as well was Emmanuel Petit was doing really well in the dictate Tista role, um, and when he had that, when he had when he had Martin Keown on the on the underlap as well, that was decent when they were doing that. But he was also voted he was voted in Arsenal's fiftieth greatest gunners. I think he was twenty second or 29th in Arsenal's fiftieth greatest players. Wow, that's fucking mental, isn't it? Yeah, how many players are in that? How many players would have been in? Would have been a twenty five man squad for? Let me finish. How many? I was gonna say it'd be a twenty-five man squad for the invincible season, and he's got in ahead of some of those. Yeah, but Philippe Sendros is in that squad, and that little loser Martin Keown. Remember him because oh. he's such a loser. Yeah, loser, loser Keown, loser. Unlike us, Mister Cool and Mister Wins, <laughs> big winners. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's replaced Ian Wright. Ian Wright said before, he was like, as soon as I saw this lad do his stuff, he was like, oh, I'm fucked here. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he's, um, so in the 97-98 season, he scores 17 goals for Arsenal. He's 20 years old. He gets a young player of the year. Absolutely outstanding. He scores one goal against Blackburn. Oh my word. Right, this, this yeah. might have clipped up right this might have to get clipped up with a video he scores his goal against Blackburn where he is he's basically long ball over the top all of the all of the defenders on the halfway line defending quite high ball over the top he's legged it through he's absolutely gone they're not catching him no chance like running towards the keeper keeper comes out and he like fake shots it but like shoots mm-hmm. like puts his foot over the ball to make the keeper dive and then just rolls it in and then just runs off with that little like I don't give a shit face on and I'm like oh what goal unfazed yeah, just score one of, probably one of the best goals he's ever going to score. Pro- I would argue he probably is the best goal he scores. Yeah, agreed. I think it's the best goal he scores. Class. It's, I, I love goals that look effortless. Yeah. It looks so effortless. Yeah. So composed, like the way he just rolls his foot over the ball. Yeah, it's a joke. I'm watching it. I know he scores. Yeah. He sends yeah. the keeper, rounds the keeper. Rounding the keeper is, is a dying art, isn't it? How yeah, nice it is. How nice the player rounds the keeper. Yeah, it's So class. good, man. 
Yeah, class. I don't know what it was in the nineties, but keepers were getting rounded left, right, and centre. Didn't really see it now. <laughs> they were getting but their yeah, asses rounded. <laughs> <laughs> Clips it. To be fair, if you get rounded now, you probably get absolutely rinsed by the manager. But um, and you'd also have and you'd also have like all the Twitter trolls like, oh my god, oh, this guy got sixty million. No, that you come slide. Yeah, you come sliding out of their feet, and miss the ball, and you get clipped up in one of those memes where you get like sent around the earth (laughs) (laughs) oh shit there we go that's Um, the one that is the one right and then we'll something happens that summer big with france but we're gonna i'm gonna save and talk about all of the french things together at the end because it's all absolutely mental um so he says he 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 says he should have never left arsenal that summer but he did he went to real madrid Went to Real Madrid for 22 million euros, which at the time was a record. All right, record. I think it's a record for a French player. All right, and this is where I was saying earlier: big Mbappe vibes, big, big, big Mbappe vibes. Like that young quality French striker that that should join (laughs) Real Madrid. Yeah, saying he won't leave. Au revoir. (laughs) Yeah, but also Mbappe's 25, which is nuts. Um, but yeah, 20 years old, you think, right, brilliant signing. Real Madrid are going, right, this is the new guy. This is the guy. Yep. This is the one. Um, doesn't score for five months. What? That's not good, is it? His his, his really. league his league statistics for Real Madrid are 19 games played, two goals scored. That is <laughs> shite. Yeah, it's not ideal. But he does have Raul to, comp- to compete with. Yeah. And Morientes. But, so, he, but it's not like they're lacking in goals. They're not desperate for Fern Elk at this time. No. But two goals is a pretty shobby, 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 <laughs> pretty shoddy return. Yeah, it is. But it's, it's just, it's how everything unfolds. And I think this, it, what happens here becomes a real pattern for the rest of his career. Mm. Um, he basically, I listened to Gareth Bale talk about this recently and they're basically, oh, do you make any mistakes in Madrid sort of thing? Not as much as saying that. And he was like, the biggest mistake was if you're at Real Madrid, you have to play the game. Yeah. You have to talk to the media. You have to um, turn up for certain press things. You have to like do live the live in a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. And Anelka just flat out pretty much refuses to later on, but he pretty much flat out refuses to talk to any of them, keeps himself to himself, keeps himself super isolated. Mm. To the point where he got invited. He, he this is part. This is part of the reason for it. But he got invited to um, Marca. So if you don't know, Marca are uh, basically in Spain. There's two massive. There's two massive um, footballing newspapers, Marca and uh, AS. So the other no, Marca. Can't remember what the. I can't. I think it might be. Oh, what's it called? Can't remember what the Barcelona one's called. But anyway, Marca is the Real Madrid one. It is a Real Madrid newspaper. Um, and he basically got invited to two markers headquarters and he played a game of FIFA. He played a game for a bit of a shoot and he was playing a game of FIFA against someone um, at marker. They took a picture, put it on the front page and put, Anelka finally scores in a video game. I mean, like... I'm- You're the Real Madrid newspaper. <laughs> you just signed this lad. He's 20 years old. Quite a large fee. You're just going to just kill any self-esteem he has with yeah. stuff like that. Well, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any worries in killing his self-esteem. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think he thinks he thinks enough of himself. But he basically he doesn't score for five months. Goes to um, goes to Brazil. They play in uh, the 
Cup Winners Cup or something like that in Brazil, Inter Toto or something like that. I can't remember what it was. It's the World, and apparent- World Cup, Club World Cup, isn't it? Oh, Club World Cup. That's it. You're right. And he he starts looking good. Um, he said he felt like there was loads of pressure off his shoulders and stuff like that. Um, and after the Club World Cup, he actually comes back into the he comes back into the frame, plays against Barcelona, scores in El Clasico, which is a which as you can imagine is a huge thing. Yeah. Plays really well. Three 0 they beat him. Unlucky Barca. Um, next game doesn't play particularly well, and then he's straight back on the bench. So he goes straight back on the bench the game afterwards. So. Nicholas, as you can imagine, takes this really well, uh, storms in to go and see the manager and says, like, why have you put me on the bench? Or why or like, why are we not doing this? He goes, Nicholas, we'll talk about our training. He's like, no, we're talking about it now. And he's like, we'll talk about our training. He's like, nope, we're talking about it now. And he's like, well, no, we're not. He's like, all right. So he just left. He just left. He went, they don't show me any respect. I'm not going to show them any respect and left. And then refused to turn up for training afterwards. Had a meeting with like the president and the board of Real Madrid. And was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't turn up for training after that either. See, this is where the good management comes in. You know, you've got a good player there. You've got to keep yeah. him on side. Would Arsene Wenger have done that? I don't think he would have. Has Arsene Wenger won the Champions League? It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Has, Ars- has, Arsene, had, Wenger, has had, Arsene Wenger won the World Cup or the Euros like Del Bosque has? No. If Arsene Wenger had had a, a fit and fire in Nicolas and Elka instead of going to Real Madrid, he might have won everything. <laughs> <laughs> what the World Cup yeah. he won the World Cup with Arsenal he'd have, he'd have such a good time at Arsenal with him he would have gone and won everything they would have appointed him as the France manager probably would have gone yeah. and the World Cup yeah true actually sorry yeah, I take it all back but good man management but also I also I, I feel like there's a level of entitlement to that response. You're 20. You play for Real Madrid. Look at the players that you have in front of you. You've got Raul in front of you. You've got Morientes in front of you. Both Spanish, Uh, which is going to be a factor. Raul is an academy graduate, which is going to be a factor. And you're not Uh, performing. He scored one goal. uh, He's not performing. But what? This is the same guy that doesn't believe anyone is better than him. So if he's on the bench, he's seething because he all he can think about in his mind is, I am better than Raul. I am better than Morientes. I should be playing. No matter how many goals I've scored, I should be on that pitch. Yeah, but that's irrelevant because that's like me going, oh, well, I, I'm better than Haaland. I'm better than Haaland. I can't believe I'm not playing for Man City because I believe that I am better than Haaland and me sitting at home you're and not better than Haaland. That's the difference. Yeah, yes, and the thing is, yeah, and all that, this is also the thing. Clearly, he's not better than those other options in front of him. Otherwise, he would be playing. In Del Bosque's eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, Del Bosque's got a fair point. Anyway, he um, so he basically stock trade just didn't turn up. They find him, they find him uh, quite a bit of money, and then he gets. And then this is brilliant man management. Just comes back into the frame and he scores um, scores from in the league, and then scores in both semi finals in the Champions League against Bayern Munich. Some would say excellent man management from Vincente Del Bosque to bring him back in. Hmm. You could argue that. <laughs> or maybe a stroke of luck. No, stroke of genius, I would say. And then he starts in the Champions League final, doesn't score. They win 3-0. So he wins the Champions League. Well done, Nicholas. And who now, did he play alongside in that Champions League final, Josh? Uh, Fernando Arredondo. And Christoph Caribou. Steve McManaman. Here, oh Nicolas. Oh my God. I read, I was reading, so... Um, I, I quickly had a little look because I obviously saw that he played with uh, Redonda in that final. So I wanted yeah. to have a quick look at who else played in the final. And I've come across the... Uh, came across? Came across the <laughs> Guardian. <laughs> All right. I came across the Guardian's um, like text 
um, commentary a match report of the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's like live match report. Um, and for the second goal, which um, Stephen Manaman scores, sixty seventh minute, Maca goal, Real two, Valencia nil. <laughs> Flipping heck. <laughs> England's prospective left winger hits a right-footed volley from the AC yard line that sneaks inside Canazara's left post. Flipping heck. Flipping heck. <laughs> That's so English. That's a man that wants to say fucking hell but knows he can. Yeah. <laughs> that is a... Typing it. <laughs> Ty- oh, he's always have to write this up. This is in 2000s. So he's probably written this in a notepad, got it back to the office. I'm going to type this one out. It's 2000. There's the internet in 2000. It's not a typewriter. What? It's not live writing up, is it? <laughs> nah, he must, like pigeons. Surely he's live reporting. At, uh, surely. 2000. Yeah. What we had in 2000. Would have been Windows oh. 98, wouldn't it? Wouldn't have had Wi Fi. Yeah. yeah. Rayman 2. No, you wouldn't have Wi Fi. Dial up. Yeah, have he's not going yeah. to be in the stadium with his fucking massive laptop the fucking EDSL cable running all the way down from the from the fucking internet route internet route. <laughs> internet internet MTL router oh sorry watch out for that watch out for that cable that I've got drapes, <laughs> drapes down the staircase I've got, I'm live reporting for the Guardian flipping heck flipping heck these speeds are fast three kilobytes an hour three kilobytes fucking yeah. hell that is quick <laughs> um but anyway so yeah scores in the final scores in the final sponsored by sponsored by Na- sponsored by NTL um and <laughs> flipping heck a goal flipping heck what a final um and then they say like you you know don't if you if you've been there before don't go back PSG very clearly did not get the Mimu they didn't get the Mimu they spent 35 million on him 35 they said more on him than Real Madrid did after a dog shit season to go come back Nicola but again again a lot of it was sponsored by Nike and Canal who actually owned them at the time but 35 million and do you know what the even funnier part was I'm going to say this is big cuck energy I'm going to say a big big cuck energy from PSG which I'm also going to say is something that they're actually uh, maybe maybe up until now like really commonly known for it's like giving Mbappe a two year contract that is that is big cuck energy, and he's yeah. on like a bajillion a week. Um, but no, he anyway. Mental that he's gone back. They make him captain. Yeah, I thought that was weird. What the fuck? A bloke who you've literally had like a public outcry about how shit the the fact how shit it was he left five years later comes back and you make him captain. But also, he, I mean, at this point, he's nationally he's seen as. As, as as massive um yeah he's just won a champions league he just won the he's euros into, as well he's coming into the he's coming yeah. into the a yeah. pretty shit psg side i mean they've got some they've got some really good players but still they're not they're not they're not performing in the league no. um you can see why they would because because of his the way he is as well like his personality is so big yeah maybe they think he's gonna he's gonna like impact the team by being a bit of a bit more of a leader, like leading by example. I don't than think I don't think there's another club in the world that would put him as captain. I don't think even Man United and we're the shambles. I don't think there's a big the I don't think there's a I don't think lol. I don't think there is another club in the world that would put him as captain. No, I don't think he, so. He was never captain anywhere else for obvious reasons. Because he does anyway. I think he captains Bolton. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't catch him bowling. Kevin Davies is there and Kevin Nolan. No, he doesn't. That's bloody yeah, Kevin Davies. I've definitely seen photos of him with the captain's armband on. Right. I'm going to Google that now, whether he has Captain Bolton. And now, Captain Bolton. The Captain that might of be Bolton. One of those, that might be one of those who we know when you're like, oh, you sign a player, but you sign him because he goes, yeah, I'll only sign if I can be captain. Like like but, um, Saturday or Sunday League football. Yeah, yeah, I'll come play for your team because your team is shit, but only if I'm captain. Can't see a single picture of him with a captain's armband on. Okay, I'll find one. I will uh, post it on the stories. Okay, then. Right, anyway, back to his pathetic little stint at PSG. Scores 10 in 39. <laughs> 10 in 39, he's your massive, he's your massive sign. Wow. Then he falls out the- with the manager. I'm seeing a um, pattern here. <sighs> well, maybe if you got out of Arsene Wenger's arsehole, you'd be able to go, oh, no, yeah, maybe yeah. you can see the pattern. Hold on. Arsene Wenger the only manager to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same thus far, but go on. Yeah, okay. But so he falls out with the manager Luis Fernandez, who also happens at the same time to fall out with Ronaldinho. There's there has to be a time where, as a manager, I'm going to come back to the management thing. You go, fuck, like we're not very good, and he is really good. So maybe I should just. It's, but it's one of those things. If you show a sign of weakness, you're fucked. If you try push it too much, you're fucked. It's like um, you don't want to lose the dressing room because once you've lost the dressing room, am I right? Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're done. That's it. Especially if so, you've already lost all your hair, you spend yeah. like a billion. Yeah, no, no, no. I think Guardiola's definitely still got the dressing room. I think he's doing a really good job. I said 12th in the, 12th in the league. Um, but go on. No, I didn't hear that. Um, so I thought you said not top of the league. Sorry. Um, so he falls <laughs> out with he falls out with him. So after a year and a half, after his 35 million pound move, he goes to Liverpool. And it actually goes pretty well. Scores, mm. He scores four or five goals, scores in a Merseyside derby. But after the end, at the end of his Liverpool, at the end of his Liverpool, a time at Liverpool, um, they don't, they choose not to go for him and they choose to go for El Juff. Thoughts? Um, bad day at the office for the scouting team. <laughs> um, as far as decisions go, attitudes, comparable like you'd probably say they're pretty similar yeah fucking both a bunch of assholes um good thing we're doing a podcast about one of them the difference is one of them's is i was gonna about to say proven track record of scoring goals one of them's actually won stuff and is still quite young one is a brilliant striker and the other one is (laughs) (laughs) he's shocking isn't it but it's bad yeah but to gerard julier's defence because Jared Houllier is the one who makes the decision another French manager who uh, didn't manage to man manage him as well despite being known as a brilliant man manager um, apparently his brothers were like trying to basically sell him off to other clubs like at the same time so that's why he was just like I don't respect that at all so that's why we're not signing him which in hindsight I respect I agree. Uh, uh, his brothers come up quite a lot. They tried the media, like I said, in France initially tried to when he was at PSG. Then at Real Madrid, they also did a thing of like, oh, they're the clan that are trying to like stick together and make all like getting in his head, and that's why he's making all these silly decisions. Same thing happens here. But I've listened to him talk about him, and he says like, well, I'm going to listen to my family above people I don't really know who are in it for money. And I was like, oh, fair okay. point. Yeah, that's fair a fair point. point. But anyway, PSG, see you later, done finished with PSG now on his documentary he says I had both Manchester clubs were in for me and then and then literally five seconds later goes only one club wanted me I'm thinking Man United didn't want you at that point yeah. Nicholas 
you stop lying. Um, so he goes to City, and City at this point, shit. City at this point, a, a, a shit. Right Sanji High, um, Sanji sure. High, Sean Wright Phillips, but he was actually quite good. Um, Antoine Sibieski, another bold man. Who else would have been there? Sylvan Distan, was he there at that point? Maybe. Right. He was a good player. He was a very good player. Um, but he goes he goes to Man City for, I think it's around £12 million. So not massive money, but pretty big at the time. Pretty big for a club like that. He probably would have been their record signing. Um, mm. Scores 37 and 89 in the league. That's all right. We'll take that. That's good records so, for Man City at the time. Yeah, mid table side. That's pretty. That's a pretty good return. And then, as you were saying as well about his greatest goals earlier, he scores an unreal goal for Man City against Liverpool. That is big dick energy. He does this quite a lot throughout his career. He goes back yeah. to clubs that he's played for and he scores against them. Yeah, it is big dick energy that goal as well, isn't it? The way he's just like his like mardy little face. I don't know why I'm doing this. Like people are going to be able to see it, but this, the the little run off, <laughs> like. I don't care face. Um, yeah, so sorry. Thanks. Sorry, sorry. I, I just, I don't know if you can hear it from the microphone. My stomach just rumbled so loud and I was like, I'm just going to need to pause to see if you can hear that. Um, 37 and 89. He's sort of, I don't know, like mid to late 20s. I think he's made this move a little bit early, but he then goes to Fenerbahce, arguably one of the biggest teams in Turkey. We don't want any trouble. Yeah, we don't want any trouble. Scores loads of goals there. They wins the league there. He also plays with a couple of cult heroes that I just wanted to bring up. Rustu. Do you remember Rustu? Yes, of course. With the old the old mad Rustu with the uh, NFL quarterback things under his eyes. If you saw a player doing that now, you'd think he's a right knob, wouldn't you? No, I'd be scared shitless, mate. He he looks like he looks like the he, at that point he looks like the wrestler. You know the wrestler that's in um the longest yard, the absolutely massive fella. I don't know his Ray name. Carly. Yeah, the great Carly. He gives yeah, me those sort of vibes. Um, and he plays with he plays with big Alex. Do you remember him, Fenerbahce legend Alex, the massive Brazilian? He was like six foot three Brazilian attacker midfielder that just didn't run, but uh, used to just score absolute worldies. Mate, sounds got, like a lot. I know a Brazilian Alex that he plays with later in his career who scores absolute yeah. worldies. The only difference is Brazilian Alex he plays with later in his career is um, bold. Well, this one is also bold. Right, in fact, I've just got up his record, right? Big, bold Brazilian athlete. Oh, he's only five foot nine. I thought he was really tall. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> he did also play 48 times to Brazil, right? And he has he has a statue outside Fenerbahce Stadium. He scored 136 in 245 from midfield. Now, that is a return to be proud of. Yeah, that is unbelievable. That is, from that midfield. Is, yeah. Nicola, take yeah. note. Um, then, then he after his time at Fenerbahce, he goes back to Bolton. And the the back weird to thing, it went back to Bolton. He goes, <laughs> yeah, he goes to Bolton. Comes back to England to go to Bolton. But before before he comes to Bolton, before he even goes to Fenerbahce, he goes to he he converts to Islam and he says, "I'm going to play the rest of my career in the UAE." And then weeks later, he goes to Fenerbahce. <laughs> He's like, "I don't ever see myself playing in England or in Europe again." He goes to Fenerbahce, then goes to Bolton. And then spends about another six years in England, but never goes to the UAE and plays football. He um he lived in Dubai for a little bit, but not footballing wise. He lived in. He oh, I guess in that's Dubai pretty similar. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he goes to Bolton, and like I I had a look through the Bolton squads, and I just want to think who is there's a couple of people I think he El Hajjouf is there, but I looked at the squad and thinks 
he worked really well in that squad and they were actually, Bolton were actually half decent at the time. But I'm going to mm-hmm. give you some names. I just want to think, what does what does Nicholas Anelka talk through with UC Eskalainen, Kevin Nolan, Nicky Hunt, Kevin Davis and Gavin McCann? What do any <laughs> of those talk to Nicholas Anelka about? I reckon, I'm going to stereotype him here because he's French. I reckon they talk about like pastries. Okay. <laughs> well, like, compare, really... compare like a pasty, a, like a pasty to like yeah. a... So like Anelka is having, a, having his breakfast. He's got maybe got a little croissant. Yeah. Gavin McCann, jam donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin Nolan, custard <laughs> donut. Sam Allardyce, gravy donut. <laughs> <laughs> Dumpling. Just, just doubling the gravy for breakfast. Uh, we do, yeah, gravy poured all over the top. Um, but it works. It works. He scores. He scores quite a few goals for him, and he's really good for him. But again, back to his his, his attitude side of stuff. Also, sorry, just on that. Sorry, just while I think of this, Nicholas and Elka are hundred percent wore drop crotch pants, didn't he? You know, like those yeah. trousers used to have the carrot massive drop crotch. Yeah, the carrot fits. He hundred percent wore them, and I reckon this was about the time he started wearing them. Because I thought you were going to say fashion, because he's actually cool as fuck. He's a really cool guy. You've got to give him that. But I bet he wore carrot fit trousers. I don't think he's that cool. No offense. Wow. Oh, I, do you know what's really funny? I was looking at some. Um, I Google. I literally googled funny facts about Nicholas Anelka, yeah. and then it was just this page that had like copied some stuff from Wikipedia, but yeah. it had <laughs> hairstyle bold. <laughs> <laughs> Like that was a choice. Like, yeah, that's my hair. Bold. I think he's bold, mate. <laughs> um, whilst he's at whilst he's at Bolton, he he um he signed in the August. Plays really well. He then asks Arsenal to sign him in the January. They go no. So, then he's, so he's like, actually no, no, no this is a, please come he's get like, no, me, Arsenal. And then he goes, no, it's actually a new beginning. It's a new beginning for me. So I'm actually going to stay. In the next season, he goes right. He goes right. If things don't improve, I'm leaving. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you're, you're a factor in this. You're a factor in this. Convinces him to stay. Then signs a four-year deal at Bolton in August. January goes to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> that is like this club. He like that is literally like I just don't want to be here. He's gone. I'm Nicholas Anelka, right? Because he obviously thinks a lot of himself. I played for Real Madrid. I played for PSG. I played for Liverpool. I played for Fenerbahce. I played for all these big clubs. I'm not playing for Bolton. He but, is. Um, you know when you're playing like you played like um FIFA Pro Career? Yeah. He, he's like halfway through a season. He's made a bad transfer. He's like, oh for fuck's sake. Yeah. I just want to go and play for a Champions League club now, I think. Request yeah, transfer, yeah. request transfer, request transfer. Decline, <laughs> decline, decline, decline. He's on do you remember New Star Soccer? Do you remember the game yeah. you used to be able to play on your phone? He is New Star Soccer, but when you have to negotiate that he's trying to negotiate a contract with other clubs to get out, but when you negotiate and the rapport with your manager goes down so much <laughs> that he doesn't want to buy you, he is that. Every tra- every six months he's waiting for that, like, come on, I need to join someone else. Come on, I need to join someone else. And it just didn't work. Um Chelsea at 29, though, and this is where this is the best club for him. This is where I this is my memory of Nicholas Anelka. I think he was, this is where he was brilliant. One A. Yeah. yeah. I think he finds a position that suits him. From what I remember, he played off the left in a front yeah. three. Is him, right? Drogba, him, Drogba, like Malouda or Clue on the other side. Yeah. yeah. So he played, he was like an invert, inverted winger, but he was, he was more, he played a bit more, he came a bit more central as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I remember him scoring way more goals than he ends up scoring for Chelsea. Yeah. But it, well, he is he is a Premier League golden boot winner at Chelsea. So he's obviously yeah. scored a good amount of goals and it must have been more difficult to score at that point. But he, I think one thing that really sticks out for me is the relationship he had with Drogba. Him yeah. and Drogba work so, so, they are, I don't think, well, I'm not going to give you my overall opinion, but I think as a pair, they are, I would say a, a great Premier League duo. I agree. The way you put like, they're not as good as these as a pair. Oh, are they? That Son and Kane. Like you put them as a great, are they better than Son mm. and Kane? Rather have an Elka and Drogba or Son and Kane? Son and Kane, I think. Yeah, I think I would as well. I think but... they complement each other a bit better. Yeah. I think Anelka and Drogba are kind of similar-ish types of players. And I'm also going to say as well, I think Son's better than Elka and Kane's better than Drogba, but... Yeah, agreed. I don't think that's a um, debate. I I I think there's I think there's a blue persuasion of London that would definitely stick it to debate. Um, Should we uh, put that one out on the socials? Yeah, hundred percent. That will be out on the socials. And if you haven't seen it yet, why haven't you seen it? Why aren't you following us on socials at MateHGW? And if you have seen it and you didn't like it, send us aggressive messages telling us why you're angry about it, please. And our ticky talks. Don't forget those ones. Oh yeah, our little ticky ticky dockies. How many? We actually put one up the other day, didn't we? We put one up, did we? Oh, the editing skills are just unreal, man. I'm making TikToks left, right, and centre. I'm going to have the wow. cat dancing in a minute. I'm going to get my mum doing the fucking cha-cha slide, all that bollock. <laughs> it's going to be unreal. They'll be like, oh, where's wow. football content? I'll be like, nah, fuck that. I'll do the latest <laughs> dance, Grace. <laughs> um, while he's... Anyway, why is, it, why is it Chelsea scores loads of goals, like we said? Does, uh, does a pretty good job, but especially when Drogba's injured. So the season he has his highest scoring, highest amount of goals is when Drogba is injured. He actually... He's injured at the beginning part of it. And also there's another there's another part where Drogba goes away to the African Cup of Nations. And when he plays through the middle, that's where he's that's where he's at his best, although he's good yeah. on the left. And this is where I kind of think like I'm surprised that he accepted being played on the left, even though he even though it's obvious that Drogba is a better footballer than him. Or maybe this is a sign of his maturity going, actually, no, I need to accept that I need to do a job for the team off the left. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he's probably realizing he's coming towards the end of his career and he's he's peaking. He's at a club that are actually winning things and he's probably yeah. not going to get a better move. No, no, he, well, he, he doesn't get a better move. Um, he no. also, he also passes the ball back to Edwin van der Sar in a penalty shootout against Man United in the Champions League final. So he's always, he's always got a bit of good graces in my book, but this again, he blames Avram <laughs> Grant for that. He blames Avram Grant for him missing the penalty. He said he didn't let me warm up enough. It just kind of feels like he's just an idiot, come on, man. Like, yeah, like just, just like accept some culpability for some, it didn't feel like when I, when I listened to him, watched him and stuff, I didn't feel like I, he accepted the culpability. I feel like he's a, I feel like he could have been so much more. The way people talk about him, I feel like he should and could have yeah. been so much more. If you're that good, like it's a penalty. You don't need to warm up for a penalty. Come on. I mean, it, yeah, it's do you like remember Sean could... Dyche penalties? Just come on and fucking whack it. Yeah, I don't. I think that's oh, that's embarrassing more than anything. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so he. Basically, when he leaves Chelsea, that's the beginning and the end, isn't it, really? Shanghai, Shanwa. The only other thing that I think is worth mentioning is the incident at West Brom. So he, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't like Steve Clark, is the thing that is very, very clear. So Steve Clark plays him for one game and then hooks him after 30 minutes. And he's basically like, right, he's trying to show off he's the big man. He was like, because I'm the star of the team. because Which is, again, a bit self-entitled, but also you are Nicholas Anelka at West Brom. So fair enough. 
Then when Steve Clark goes, he starts the next game and he does um, he does a celebration that's called the Quenell. And the Quenell is something that was that was made famous by a French comedian whose name is Dieudon, who is basically like uh, it's like a, it's basically perceived as an inverted Nazi sign. He's really right wing. He's banned. He's banned from certain countries and has been arrested for like inciting riots and stuff like that. And he was the one that invented it. So he then gets a five game ban and a hundred pound fine, and then he just gets sacked instead. He just gets sacked by the club and he doesn't play for him anymore. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? I think if if that's what it means. And his, uh, I think his excuse, he says, he says it's not anti-Semitic and it's not anything to do with the, the comedian. Well, he doesn't actually say that. He just says it's not anti-Semitic, it's anti-establishment, which tells me he did, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. But he's trying to say there's a different interpretation by it, which I think is an absolute little bollocks. I think if he played for Villa and he did that, I would, I would as a fan, I would expect him to be sacked as well. Yeah, I also think as well you could celebrate in a different way towards Steve Clark. Like he could have just done big middle fingers. I'm like, yeah. fuck. He could have just done some really toxic celebration, like cupping his ears to the crowd. Cupping his ears. Shush. Yeah, or doing the, the camera, shush. doing a, a big shush, or I don't know, the rock celebration ding, 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 where he like raises ding, ding, his eyebrow ding, 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 and does the fucking <laughs> the thumb down. Um, but yeah, that's that, and then that's it really for him. Juventus two games. Brilliant, Mumbai City. Brilliant. Don't care. All right, that's the end of his. That's the end of his professional career. Internationally, interesting. Mm. I think highs and could also be lows. Highs mm. and lows could be the fact he scored two goals against England in in um, in 1998 or 1999, just after they'd won the World Cup, whilst wearing a pair of goalie gloves. Everyone else, is, oh, yeah. everyone else, everyone else, everyone is in thermal gloves. He's got goalie gloves on. That is un, that is. Un, what do you mean you never know? He's got a pair of goalie gloves on. If he oh, says, if he handballs it, is it handball? No, 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 no. He's got goalie <laughs> gloves on. Save, great save. Um, and oh, God, and oh his, I want a save. His his international career is that, like again we don't want to just be stats but again it's, it's what sixty nine games fourteen goals it's not lighting the world yeah. on fire but um, he is competing with David Trezeguet and yeah. Thierry Henry yeah so yeah he's yeah he's competing with big players and basically the first bit of scandal is in. Um, 1998, there's an expectation he's going to make the World Cup squad. So France took 28 for a 22-man squad, and he was part of one of the six that got cut. He got cut for a striker called Stefan Givach, who scored 21 in 32 for Orcs there. I don't know you, Stefan Givach, but I would definitely rather take a promising 20-year-old that's just scored 17 in the Premier League over someone who's just scored 21 in the French League. Hmm. I mean, flop. Right, okay, right. Let me revert. Right, right. Who would you rather have start up front for you, Ivan Tony or Balogun? Who am I, England? <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> Ivan Tony. Don't even drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do. He said Balogun then. Um, so you would definitely rather have him, but apparently, when he's like, when he's told he's not in the squad, he's just like, I can go and get my driving license now. That was genuinely what Robert Pirro said. He said to him, first thing, he was like, everyone else is gutted, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go get my driving license. Okay, Obviously, he had no expectations that he was going to be in the squad. He must have been told no. something beforehand. 
No. Yeah, he no, he yeah, he he was basically called down like Come here. And <laughs> and then he <laughs> did you see that finger? That the whole curly Come finger. Here. <laughs> Come here, Nicola. Jayun Kaza to tell ya. Um so he doesn't go then he plays in and out for France for a little bit. He actually wins the Euros with them. Great. Doesn't perform particularly well at the Euros and gets outshone by another member of the Clairefontaine gang. In fact, two members of the Clairefontaine gang, Omri and David Trezeguet, who we've done a podcast about. And if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it. Um, who scores a golden goal winner, which is unreal. Bring back golden goal. Yeah. Uh, no, oh. I don't like golden goals. Okay. Bring back golden goal. If England or your team aren't playing in it. Mm. I like I like the drama of like trying to claw back from a late go- a goal in in extra time. Is that yeah? But is there anything more disappointing than seeing someone score? Let's say you're watching two neutral teams in the 118th minute. It it's just like oh fucking hell. And then and then they don't. There's no penalties because you're literally you watch the whole of extra time going. Please be penalties. Please be penalties. Please be penalties. Or be dramatic. I don't know. It is dramatic. I like, scored 118 minutes. Pretty dramatic. Also, yeah, there's not nothing, dramatic. I, I think I think it's way more underwhelming when they blow the whistle after a goal. Like that's it. The goal's gone in. The whistle is. I think that's underwhelming. Nah, you need the excitement. Like you need the excitement, off. and you need the like. You need the jeopardy of that they could still score another goal, and it could change. Yeah, true. Because then when the whistle eventually goes, it's like that goal won it. You had the moment to like be high, come down, calm, yeah. calm yourself, and then go again. Yeah, yeah, true. Golden goal removes removes the second celebration. To be, to be fair, imagine we didn't have the last World Cup. The last World Cup final. Imagine we didn't have that. Yeah, because someone's like, scored been... a golden goal. Yeah. yeah. Who would have won? Argentina. I, I, yeah, can't, Argentina. I can't even remember who scored in the World Cup final. Di Maria, it was, that, it was that chaotic. Di Maria, Messi gets two and Mbappe gets a hat trick. Mbappe, <laughs> Mbappe gets a hat trick. <laughs> oh, Mbappe, yeah. <laughs> and Colin Moani misses a sitter in the last minute. Um, anyway, speaking of World Cups, it was a great save, but go on. Yeah. Speaking of World Cups, 2010, right? <laughs> 2010. First thing I did was I looked up this squad because they, they qualified by cheating the Irish out. But I looked at the squad and the squad is actually quite shit. Like, it's like, because France, are, I always think in my whole lifetime, France are really good. But well, this squad to be is. Fair, they are going now, through a playoff against Ireland to get into the World yeah. Cup. They didn't yeah, qualify through their group. They are fucking shit. They, but the thing is, they've still, they've still got like Omri up front and Anelka, yeah. but Omri, this is, is like, this is both of their like sort of final tournaments. They're both in their 30s. Do you know what I mean? It's, and then they've got like, Johan Gorkov is the person who they've got loads of expectation on, and he was dog. He was really good for one season. Leon played millions for him and then he did nothing. Um, but, I mean, 2010, he's just fucking mental, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's actually funny. Like, it's genuinely funny. Because like, if that happened to England, I'd be gutted, man. Mate, well, what about when we lost to Iceland? We've done our bit. Oh, yeah, that's not the same. That's um, not the same as this. No, it's not. But they basically, they, they lose to Tunisia in uh, like a friendly and they're all like, oh, this isn't good. Lose their first game, nil-nil. Uh, lose their, well, feels like a lost camera, but they play draw, nil-nil. And then the next game, they lose 2-0 after Anelka gets hooked. And apparently at halftime at 2010, Anelka says to uh, Dominic, Dominico, I can't remember his last name, 
Uh, no, it's something Dominic. I can't remember what his name is. Can you remember what his name is? Uh, something Dominic. Uh, no idea. So we're Dominic. just, uh, we're not, yeah, Dominic. That's yeah, that's his name. Dominic. Raymond that's Dominic. Raymond Dominic says to him, apparently, go fuck yourself, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, you dirty son of a bitch. I think the thing is as well, right, that, again, sorry, just being the man of the world, there's a lot of culture. Son of a bitch is, son of, if someone could be a son of a bitch in English, I would laugh at them. Like, it is yeah. not offensive at all. Son of a bitch in a foreign language, son of a bitch in, like, French, Italian, Spanish is actually quite offensive. It's, like, a lot mm. more offensive than it is in English. Um, but it actually later turns out, in 2018, he admits, he said, look after your shit team, is what he said, which isn't exactly much better, but he uses that as, like, a, a point of like pride anyway never excuse squad so then after that he, he he sends him home he goes nicola no have you got see you later out of here right so obviously dominic they also lose two nil so everything's in everything's in tatters they lose two nil and elka's on his way home none of the players like dominic all right it's all going to shit but what they do the next day is they have a press conference to announce that Anelka is going home. So they're re So in the press conference, if you watch it, Patrice Evra, who is the captain at the time, is stirring. He is fucking fuming. Yeah. Like he is not, he is like, he's, and then he basically goes after the media. He's like, why you can write all this shit about us. You can write this shit about us. Blah, blah, blah. You can do this. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh my God, the manager has lost their dressing room so bad and it's so obvious. The French side then decides to have a mutiny and go, what should we do? Because we need to do something for Nicholas. <laughs> and he's he's there and he's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, uh, let's not train. And they're like, no, we couldn't, could we? Yeah, go on then, fuck it, let's not train. <laughs> Decide the next day to not train. They get to the training centre, fans everywhere, and they go, oh, fuck. We can't just not get off the bus because that was their initial plan. So they go and sign all the <laughs> They go and sign all of the autographs for all of the fans and stuff and then get back on the bus and then close the curtains. And apparently reports at the time were like, thought it was like a terrorist attack and stuff like that. Not a terrorist attack, just some people not wanting to train. It gets even better, right? If you watch the video, the deputy head of what is like the FA, the FFF, right, resigns on camera, goes, why well, you don't want to talk to me? Talk to them. And he's like storming <laughs> off down the hill. He's like, I'm handing my notice. I'm done with all of this. Leaves, right? Oh, my God. The fitness coach tries to fight Evra on the training pitch. Right? He's like fucking like that. Dominic's like, no, no, no. He's like trying to fight him. He then lobs his whistle into the like bushes miles away in anger, right? <laughs> all of the players are just like, we don't give a shit to like that proper don't care and then the manager has to come out and read a statement so Dominic's there going I just want to let you know the players are saying that they don't want to train today and they're not going to train they don't agree with the French Football Federation's decision um, and so they're not going to train today and I was like oh my god it's tragic like what the fuck man it's so bad it's important for the players as well, I think. It's like so yeah, poorly orchestrated. Like they didn't like getting off the bus and signing yeah. the autographs is embarrassing. Like it, like I understand they're there, they're probably like, oh, we gotta do, do a bit for the fans, we've got to sign the photos. But it's yeah. it's like a half-assed attempt at a, a stand, isn't it? Like yeah. getting on the bus for one, why would you even go on the bus? 
to the training ground. Yeah, yeah. Just don't go. Just don't go at all. It's like, yeah. we're not, not going to be training today. We're not going to. We're not going to turn up. Again, in watching the documentary, he's like, he didn't. Uh, and Elka didn't do anything on the day. But he's like, he's like, I, I felt like I was vindicated a little bit by all of it. And it's like, yeah, you did. You did tell the manager to fuck off in front of all the other players and really undermine his authority. Yeah, and I, that's, you can't really. Although the situation, from. although the situation isn't great, you have kind of undermined his authority quite a lot. So you have to be. This wouldn't have happened without you doing that. So you've kind of got to look at yourself a little bit. Yeah, it's not like he went into um, his office the next day and was like, oh, I'm sorry about that, I shouldn't have said that, or apologised to yeah. him in front of the whole squad, because really it's what he should have done, regardless of what yeah. he thinks about him and, and his decision-making. That, on the eve of a World Cup, is just fucking stupid. Yeah. I The, the documentary is called Misunderstood, and I felt like I understood, I feel like I really understand <laughs> what he's like. <laughs> I really know what he's like. Um the one thing he did say earlier in his career, though, that, that I do think he, apparently when he went to Real Madrid, there was no training gear for him and stuff like that, and no one spoke to him. And I do get, yeah, that might be hard, but also, I think I get. Well, I, th- I think I get his character. I, th- I don't know. Obviously, I don't know him, but I, I feel like I understand parts of this. But anyway, that's it, mate. How good was Nicholas and Elka? So, first question: overrated or underrated? Um, I don't. This is going to be a fence one. I don't think he's rated. Like I don't think people really rate him that high. So yeah. I think if you were to say like he was one of the best strikers to play in the Premier League, I'd say overrated. Yeah. yeah. I think he's remembered for I think he's probably remembered for his time at Chelsea. Where yeah. he wasn't he wasn't for one he had he, oh he won a golden boot one year. But yeah. Nah, I don't. I don't think he was. I'd, yeah, overrated. Yeah, I agree. I think he's overrated. I think he's overrated. I think I don't think he'd come into that list of. We've spoken about players that I think are greats, like greats, greats. So he's not a great, but I also don't think he'd come in that list. But I still think he's overrated. I still I think, think when you look at when you look at what how things started at Arsenal to what. So if you said, right, there's a 20-year-old Arsenal that mm. is outstanding, that's just scored 17 Premier League goals, and you look to the rest of his career, you'd be like, ah. I think he made terrible personal decisions when it came to his career. I think if he'd, I think if he'd stayed at Arsenal right at the start, yeah. obviously, if, say it goes the same way as it, if it goes the way it, it ended up going, they sign on really, yeah. Vieira, I think he would have been brilliant. I think he would have yeah. been the player that Will Tord was, but so he would have been like understudy to Henri, but he would have been, he's way better than Will Tord. I, yeah, I don't think he would. I, but I think because he was playing so often, it was so I think it's yeah. hard to drop him. But yeah, obviously we don't know it. We don't know his whole story and stuff like that. There could be reasons to all of these things, and, there, and the likelihood is there are reasons. But I agree when you just look at it from the statistical point of view and what you see in front of you from an early age, you think it should have been better. Um, yeah, he should have been. He should have been really good. He should have been a really top player. But yeah, yeah, it just didn't. I think he spoiled it for himself. Yeah. Okay, how much are you paying for him after his season at Real Madrid? So he's just had that season where he's not done very well. <laughs> but you know um, there's a really good young player in there because he's also scored 17 for Arsenal season four. He's only 21. So he signed for Real for... 22.3. million. Okay, so he's been there for two seasons. 22.3 now is probably genuinely closer to like 100 though, isn't it? Wait, no, he was only there for one season, wasn't he? 
in one season. That's what I'm saying. So he's only been there for years. So he's had one year of like being like, oh, it just didn't work there. He's probably still a great player. You'd probably pay 18, 17, like a, a, like a cut what, fee. In current, what, in current market? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, just, that's uh, what I'm saying. Current... 22 million is probably, 22 million then is probably like 100 million now. Okay, or 90 so million now. So we'll probably pay about 70, 60, 70 million maybe. Yeah. Miller's still a good spot. player on there. He's young still. Yeah. Um, are you going to ask me where, who I think would sign him for that money from Real Madrid after they've just won a Champions League? Yeah. PSG. <laughs> yeah, same. Genuinely the exact same. Um, yeah. Maybe Man United. Yeah. <laughs> I thought nah, it was too Man United he's, every, every he's not week. Thir- if he was 31, then yeah, Man United had signed him, but he's not 31. He's 21. So. I think Man United would be interested and they wouldn't get him. PSG would get him. Fabrizio Romano would be tweeting about it like, Manchester United, Manchester United interest high in Nicolas Anelka. You can hear that. You can hear those videos, but... Yeah, he wouldn't be going there. Right. Here's my questions. You ready for some questions? Hit me. Which player did he play the most games with? I'll give you a clue. It was at Chelsea. He was at Chelsea with him. Um, Lampard. It is Florent Malouda. What? Florent Malouda, because he played for France with him as well, didn't he? Malouda, Malouda oh, played a lot. For, okay. Malouda played a lot for Chelsea at one point. He probably has some quite a few France caps. Okay. All right, true or false? True or false? Nicholas and Elkin Didier Drogba played together at two separate clubs. True. Who are they? Chelsea. Yeah. Shanghai Shenhua. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea and Shanghai Shenhua. Good. When you said I, he, when you said earlier, he's the only player I remember playing with Shanghai Shenhua. And then I was going to say other than Drogba. And then I, I I've actually written the question. I've written the question as true or false. He played with Drogba at three clubs, but because you said that, oh, I thought I'd say two. So uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. Go on. Doesn't matter. You've just ruined it. You ruined it. Um, <laughs> uh, he's coached football teams, but he's never managed a football team. True or false? False. I feel like he's managed someone in. I feel like he managed someone in India. Correct. Did it's it? false. He was manager. He was player manager of M- Mumbai City for a uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Arguably, I've arguably the biggest club in India. Um, arguably. Next one. Is this quote real or not real? I'd compare myself to Zidane, a humble guy who just happens to be the best. <laughs> oh, that's got to be true, isn't it? Yeah, it is true. He's such a dick, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> I would compare myself to Zidane. I would compare myself to J- Jake Humphreys. I'm a brilliant ass <laughs> Mate, did you see Jake Humphreys WhatsApp it? He WhatsApped his own podcast in his family group chat. Like, I really think that you guys should have a listen to this. Yeah, I'm going to say to my mum. Like, mum, you're going to get some play. really good insight on Nicholas and Elka. Yeah, fair play to Jake Humphrey for doing what he's doing, but also come off it, man. Anyway, right, last one. True or false? He made a clothing range with Gibral Cisse and Gail Jive, very similar to the Ed Hardy's tattooed t-shirts. He asked Rainier Wolfcastle to wear them. However, Nicholas and Elka ended up getting in a scuffle with Rainier Wolfcastle after he wore, after he wanted after Rainier wanted to wear an extra large, but they only stocked up to size large. Um, I don't think Rainier would have worn an extra large, so I'm going to say false. True. It's true. It's true. Fucking hell, it's actually. Yeah. Do you know who Renew Wolfcastle is? Yeah. Didn't he play for... <laughs> no. 
He's he's the big German actor. He's the big uh, German actor from The Simpsons. Mate, you know, I was the one getting, that looks like in my head. I was thinking of um, I was thinking of um, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel or whatever. Oh, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel <laughs> played up front for Norwich. <laughs> he was a big boy. I reckon he wore extra large. Yeah, he was tall. Right, that's us. I hope mate, you enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, how good was sh- Nicholas Nauka? He was alright. Yeah, he was. No, he no. Nicholas Nauka was. Look, Nicholas Nauka was very good. <laughs> But not as good as I remember him being. Uh, this is the, I, I honestly, I honestly think this is the first podcast I've ever done on here where I've come out and gone, "Yeah, no, wasn't that good." It was sometimes, good, but wasn't that good? Sometimes you've got to go in the gutter, find the shit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You sometimes when you go to well, actually, no, that's shit. He's, I'm not, he's not shit. Right. He's not shit. I do that. No, he's not shit. Right. Um, if you don't already follow us for Dono's silly little TikToks at MateHGW, follow me for silly little Instagram posts at MateHGW, and follow Lewis on. Oh, um, no, 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 Lewis, no, 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 Sorry, no, 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 no,